Sox. White Sox. Go, 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 go. Call your sons, call your daughters. Holy cow. You can't put it on the board. Yeah. Well, he picks a perfect game. Right out, go. Grand slam. A White Sox winner and the world championship. Jimenez. He's your hero tonight. Thanks, Cubs. The dynamic duo of Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill. Those two are like a tag team, you know. Come with me. Hi, this is Jim Tomey, and the best White Sox talk is on Locked On Sox Podcast with Tanny and Herb. Hello, and welcome back to Locked On Sox. My name is Herb Lawrence. Ecknerwall23 is the way you follow me. It's Lawrence spelled backwards, and 2-3 is for Robin Ventura, not Jake Lamb. Chris Tannehill is at Chris Tannehill, and the show is Locked On Sox on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, go there, subscribe. You can see our beautiful faces if you're watching this on YouTube. Hello, how you doing? And you can see our new friend up here. Oh, Hard Carl up yeah. there. I don't <laughs> know why you have him up there. That's weird. Yeah, we'll get to that in a second. That's a tease, folks. So, friends, if you want to leave a voicemail, 312-566-8727 is the way you call us and leave a voicemail. Do it during the game, after the game, in the middle of the day, you're feeling some White Sox talk. Call us up, 312-566-8727, or old school, LockedOnSocks at gmail.com. Without any further ado, it's Chris Tannehill. Chris, um, how are you doing tonight? I'm feeling almost perfect. It's episode 212 of Locked on White Sox today. Happy Thursday, and we are brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app from the iOS App Store and find one of our Locked On Rooms. Locker Room, changing the way we talk about sports. All right, Herbie, so... Here we are. I was I was getting ready for the show tonight, and you know the, the White Sox gave us a nice little laugher early on in the game, and uh, putting up that that six spot early, uh, end up winning eight to nothing tonight. And I was just getting ready. I was putting on my basketball shorts, getting ready to dunk on Tony Larusa for having both Andrew Vaughn <laughs> and Yermin Mercedes in the lineup tonight. And they did things. They got a couple hits. Yermin with a big blast to sort of put the game out of reach and. Big three-run shot in the first inning to knock out region boy uh, Zach Plesak. So I would thought for sure this was going to be a show tonight where we celebrate the offense and we celebrate the return of the lineup for some of the young stars uh, on the White Sox team. And there will be time for that discussion, surely. But uh, tonight, today, we are here to talk about the 20th no-hitter in White Sox history. That, of course, thrown by Carlos Rodon. Uh, his uh, second only complete game, first career shutout, and it's his, the 20th no-hitter in White Sox history. Just an amazing night. Um, it's funny because I texted you around 8.30 after the Sox had put up the snowman, and uh, I said, man, we're only in the third inning here, and it was like 8.20, 8.30-ish, and I was like, oh, God, it's going to be a long night. But it's amazing how when something like this happens, something like this in baseball a historic night can kind of just boost your spirits. And it's like taking a shot of espresso here. But, well, I mean, where do we begin here with Carlos Rodon? How did you consume the game tonight? Did you have any superstitions going sort of as the game uh, developed? Because I started my evening at Home Depot listening on the radio, and I wound up in my basement here as normal. So it was I was all over the place on my end. What about you? Really enough, no superstitions at all. I sat at pretty much at the beginning of the game was playing with Ziggy, the my new puppy, and making sure that he was tired out because he had a bad day yesterday. We wanted to make today a good day. So a little bit more participation with him. And I was watching the game in the corner of my eye. You know, that first inning, I yelled out really loud when Yermin hit that rocket. 
and the dog was scared. So I had to go and console him and make sure that he didn't, he knew it wasn't because of him because I was playing with him and then also watching the game. So he might've thought that he did something wrong. So <laughs> I was like, all right, cool. Awesome. First inning. We're killing this team. Good job, Tony, for putting our best lineup out there to do damage versus these guys. And then I really, I was like, I sent a text to Lawrence Holmes and I was like, man, your man, hard Carl is out here dealing and didn't know when I said this, I think I sent it after the fourth inning that he was, you know, sending out, it was 12 up, 12 down at that time. I thought he was just out there having a good game and maybe had gotten, gotten up a hit because, like I said, I wasn't watching actively. And then after the fifth inning, I was like, okay, I need to chill out and watch this game 100%. I didn't have a like a thing in my hand. Usually, you know, I have the remote in the left hand or yes. something else. But, no, I didn't do any of my superstitions because I was like, that's silly. I know as a grown man that my – doing stuff at home, saying things at home will not affect Carlos Rodon and pretty much tweeted this stuff out that he had a perfect game through six, seven, and eight. And people are like, you can't say that stuff. You're going to jinx it. And famously, I said that for the Giolito one last year. Didn't jinx that one. And the Joe Musgrove one that just happened last week. Didn't jinx that one. I was like, wow, I have a power that I don't jinx no hitters when they go on. That's weird. By the way, so I guess they could say I did jinx it because it was a perfect. It wasn't a perfect game. Yeah, you so know I what? Did jinx it. I you, fucked up. You know what though? Perfection's overrated, man. I like something with a little blemish on it, something with a little character. And this this night uh, is forever gonna have a little character with that Roberto Perez uh, hit by pitch there in the ninth inning. It, it's fine by me. I know Carlos would rather have it back, and I know there was a little bit of you know, come on, dude. Like you know, Roberto Perez is a gamer back there. You know, if anyone was gonna maybe let it slide, it was him. But he doesn't want to see his his team get a perfect gamed out there on the south side. No sir. Um, but it's just and also it brought up. Babe Luplo, I thought it was like, oh, it's shoot, so perfect. Gotta fade Babe Luplo for the fourth time in the game. You already got three times, and he's a left-hander, and that's what Babe does. And he rocketed the ball all night yeah. long. Yeah, we'll, we'll walk you through the, the game and, and, the, and our points of interest here and what we saw, how we saw it, and my notes as the game progressed here. But uh, tip of the cap to Locked On White Sox listener, forgive me, I don't remember who it was, but we can probably go back and find it later, who said that you know maybe the Sox should trade for Joe Musgrove. Yeah, that's probably would have been a good call there. We, I think we said you know we didn't want to give up too much at the time, but we also realized that, oh, yeah, he may be good after leaving Pittsburgh, and sure enough, he throws the first no-hitter of 20. 21 but you know it's so funny how fortunes tend to work out sometimes because as this game progressed I kept thinking about what if like what if Carlos Rodon didn't get scratched on on Tuesday night and you know Dallas Keuchel slides in and makes a start and you know just uh it does, does an amazing job that was Monday yeah Monday what, what if Rodon doesn't get scratched on Monday and what if Keuchel doesn't go in there or what if he tries to gut through uh so to speak with his uh, you know his <laughs> stomach problems and you know has a lackluster effort and you know it, we just kind of move on quickly from that but what if that what if that doesn't happen and all of a sudden Carlos Rodon is is is, is pitching on you know on Wednesday night here, and he has a date with history, and I just thought it was it was really cool. You never know the way things work out. Sometimes, sometimes it's it's destiny. Sometimes things just have a weird way of playing out. But you know, I I was watching this game, and I remember thinking to myself, man, it's it's a cold night to be out there at that ballpark. It reminded me a lot of Burley's no hitter in 07. Uh, not so much rainy out there to, uh, tonight, but it was just kind of cold night, kind of a bland night to be at the ballpark, but none of those people there uh, last night were regretting it. Uh, 
absolutely not. But I just remember seeing Carlos Rodon out there with the open open top button swag, like you know the unbuttoned shirt swag going for him, and I was like, oh, that's a, a lot of balls no, out, out there in yeah, the forty no degree shirt either. Yeah, so but you know that's that's what Carlos does, and you know he's following suit and Lucas Giolito and Eloy. It's you know the 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 V neck uh, jersey gang out there, but early on in this ball game, Herb, you know. I found it. I was kind of concerned, to be honest with you, because Carlos wasn't striking out a lot of guys. He was giving up contact, albeit weak, but he was not missing a lot of bats. And I thought that's going to be the direction we were going to we were going to go tonight. But you know, three up, three down in the first, and he's working quickly. And I, you know, I was doing a lot of audio stuff, getting ready for uh, the Parkinson Spiegel show today, and a, you know, potential. Uh, you know, no hitter recap post game, and I just you know would skip ahead from pitch to pitch, and he was taking only about fifteen seconds in between pitches there, so he was in a groove all night long. And pitching to contact, yeah, it was weak contact. He wasn't missing a lot of bats. You know, he's only topping out like you know low nineties early on, and I was concerned about that as well. But then it became evident that Carlos Rodon was was ramping up a little bit because you saw him hit 96. Uh, I think that was around the, the sixth inning or so. And you're like, okay, he's trying to conserve energy and work his way up. And that's something that we hadn't really seen from Carlos Rodon in the past. Not at all. And I think what you were saying about him being scratched on Monday helped this no-hitter develop because think about how much time he had off because that would have been a start on Monday after a Friday off day, a Saturday rain out. So everybody gets pushed back one day and now he gets pushed back two days, gets another extra couple days of rest. And in the ninth inning, we saw he was throwing 98 up top. That's the highest I've seen him throw in a while. Like he was jacked. I feel like Jack Bartman's like, your boy is out here. Jacked <laughs> out here throwing some real stuff. So he was throwing 98 up top and people were falling off and could not catch it. He knew and I think at the post-game interview with uh, Jason and Steve, he said, I knew it when I threw that 3-1 fastball to Jose Ramirez, who knew I was throwing a fastball. Everybody in the ballpark knew I was throwing a fastball. And he rocketed it, but he rocketed it right back to uh, Andrew Vaughn, which, by the way, Andrew Vaughn is a good left fielder. He reads balls off the bat. He looks like a competent guy out there. And he doesn't get fooled by what's going on out there. But he's, a, he's a baseball I, player, I, like that. Yeah, that play I never the... had. I never had any doubts that he was going to catch those balls. I was like, man, the man's tracking the balls perfectly, seeing it perfect. Like he, you said, he's a baseball player. He's a baseball player. It was the fourth inning when he hit ninety six to strike out Luplo after falling behind three zero, and then. Ramirez hits that deep fly out to left field there, and he ends up going perfect through four. But you know, whenever. Jose Ramirez is up like that's literally the last guy that you want to face in this Cleveland lineup and he was able to he hit, he hit the ball hard a couple times but ultimately uh, not to, not well enough or not well placed enough and Andrew Vaughn did a great job tracking a lot of those balls out there hard hit balls right at him to left field where he could have easily allowed himself to get handcuffed out there or you know look foolish or misplayed it so you know tip of the cap lots of cap tipping going around here today to a lot of the guys on the defense and we'll get to a lot Lurie of that was good Leary was good we'll get to the Jose Abreu play later on but you know the other things that jumped out here in my notes top five uh he struck out Eddie Rosario and he made him look ridiculous and Eddie mm-hmm. Rosario our Eddie Rosario White Sox killer famously 
We talked about him the other night. Of course, he, he's the one that goes deep, you know, to start the game. And he made him look ridiculous in, in the fifth inning. And, you know, that's not something we've seen a lot from Carlos Rodon in recent years, just making hitters look silly, you know. But when that slider is working, uh, he really, you know, has the ability to do that. You know, you go to the sixth inning, more great defense behind him. Liori with a really nice play in the hole. Uh, a nice pick, and then he throws uh, to nail Perez at first base, and he had that nasty strikeout to end the sixth inning. Uh, uh, and it was just, you know, he really started to get it rolling there. At what point did you think maybe that, you know, this could be a possibility? What point do you start thinking about no hitter, perfect game? It's like, okay, here we go. Fasten your seatbelts. Through six, I was thinking, well, actually, through six and a third. When he got loop low out for the third time, I was like, okay, this is real. I was thinking that Luplo would get him on the third time. You know, anybody third time through the lineup would, you know, see you well, and especially Babe Luplo. And so after <laughs> Honus, he got hit, Honus yeah, Luplo. <laughs> Honus Luplo. After he got him out, I was like, all right, this is real. This is really real. He's going to um, compete right there because there's some tough people in that Cleveland lineup. I know Lindor is gone, but you said it. Eddie Rosario eats White Sox pitching for lunch. Same thing with Jose Ramirez, and I'm surprised he hasn't a home run as yet. It's weird. Oh, it's oh, it's, oh, it's coming today. I think it's, it's odd <laughs> as hell. I'm 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 scared. Um, and so when you go through that lineup, it's a challenge. And the man knew that they could not touch his high fastball today. He had the he had the velocity, and then that back foot slider is there. It's back. It's filthy. I love the Carlos Rodon, as we said in the off season. I, I don't think I was a fan of him re-signing with the White Sox, but it was a $3 million deal. So I was like, it's nothing to lose. It doesn't hurt. Might help. I think at the time, I think we said, okay, like, you know, when we looked at possible targets for, for the White Sox to DFA, a non-tender, we're like, okay, they're not going to tender Rodon, but I would like to see him back on a, on a short, shorter, cheaper deal. And that's ultimately what they did. And that goes so much into the story behind this. And he wanted to come back and play for a winner. So we'll get to some of that here in a second here, but you know, as as we go through this game, you know, you talked about striking out Luplo in the seventh. I think that was his first big test against the guy who kills lefties. Then he gets to pop out. Then he falls behind three one to Jose Ramirez. He just throws him that get me over fastball that he hammers to Andrew Vaughn, uh, who ends up securing it for the final out, uh, perfect through seven. And you know, it just it, it's. You start to get that feeling. You're like, okay, here we go. After seventh for me, and it's funny because I was texting with our guy Carl Martinez, a uh, mm-hmm. big-time baseball fan, Yankee fan. We've known him for a long time. And he asked me around that point, around the eighth inning, it's like, uh, you getting your audio together for the montage tomorrow because he knows me. I'm always working. And, you know, he knows I, I'm a big baseball fan and I love historical moments and I love, you know, d- doing production pieces around that stuff. So when I told him, I was like, yeah, absolutely. I sent him the screen, uh, the photo of me with my YouTube TV on one monitor and my Adobe Audition audio editing software on the other. But I told him, I was like, you know, he's a, a hardcore baseball fan, as you know. And I told him, I was like, this is what makes our game special, man. Like, even a night like tonight, a random April night with 150-some games left in the season, and you could still see something that, not necessarily that you haven't seen before, but the storylines about a guy who you never thought this would happen for him, and a guy that got drafted in 2015, and you just thought, oh, you know, it'll never work out here. We did so many shows where we said, oh, 
Carlos Rodon, maybe he'll have a, a career elsewhere, but I don't think it'll happen here. And then he finally gets his moment, and you know, Carl texted me back, and we were talking about how only baseball provides this type of magic. And he he told me he's like, yeah, we don't call anyone up or text each other when someone in, in a football game is throwing a bunch of touchdowns or hitting a bunch of threes in a basketball game. And that's so true, man. And it just it's just one of those magical nights. And we we go to the ninth inning, Herb, and. I started to get real nervous here because you, how many times have we seen it in the past? Like you don't those games you don't remember all the time. Where oh yeah, this guy took a no hitter, a perfect game through eight, then he then he lost it. But then we had sort of our uh, Dwayne Wise moments. Nothing could ever eclipse that moment. But Jose Abreu, man, with it with that sliding play at first base where it was it was a bang bang play no umpire in the world except the Jim Joyce uh, would call someone out at first base in a situation like that but that throw as Carlos or the uh, the play made by Abreu there sliding to get the out while Carlos Rodon was a spectator in his own perfect game I just mm-hmm. thought that was perfect there could not be a better moment from a better teammate picking up his teammate and Jose Abreu, the 2020 MVP and the leader of the team, bailing out Carlos on that play and on a cold night too that had to have hurt for Jose sliding into first like that. But what an amazing play and it's something a uh, play I'll never forget. Me either. It's going all out for your teammate. He put his body on the line. Like you said, that knee looked really bad. Like he's thrusting his leg onto the first base bag and he's you know awkwardly sliding into first to secure the out. I mean, Josh Naylor, as we always say, run through the goddamn bag, you dummy. Just run through the bag. <laughs> you're probably safe. You dive and slowed you down, and it made the difference for Jose to get there before your uh, left hand got there. Awesome play. Just an awesome, awesome play by Jose, knowing that his, uh, that his uh, pitcher falls off the third base side of the mound and so he yeah like you said was a spectator but I think more of it was he fell off the mound and he couldn't recover to that side Naylor doesn't have great speed he has probably average to below speed but Jose Abreu needs uh, plaudits for that like we're talking about Lori Garcia made a couple sparkling plays in the out in the field today it was awesome and to speak to what you were saying earlier about Carlos Rodon and his hardships the other day you texted me and I think we're going to talk about pitching performances. What best pitching performance you've seen in person? Because we're watching the Giolito versus Bieber performance the other day. And I was going to bring up the one that we saw live in Pittsburgh. It was Francisco Liriano going out and killing the White Sox. I think he <laughs> struck out probably like 12 White Sox that day. And he went eight innings and shut them down. Carlos Rodon was on the other side of that. He struggled mightily. We were sitting right behind home plate in Pittsburgh. That was his rookie. And, that was his rookie year, 2015. Yeah, and we were watching. It's like, Ugh, this is the guy. This is the guy that we picked. What fourth overall or third overall? That's tough. The Pirates. I mean, they're good, but they're not great. They just served his shit for lunch. And yeah. then subsequently, Carlos would pitch well in every game or most games that he would pitch. But then the injuries, the shoulder injuries, the Tommy John surgery. All this stuff, this adversity, last year when he came back was not good at all. He was a bullpen guy. He In his performances, he looked terrible, especially the one where he uh, was came in in relief for Oakland in the uh, playoffs or came in relief for the White Sox in the Oakland series, and he looked bad in that one. So I was like, all right, Carlos, it's been real. That's the offseason. I was like, it's been real. When they DFA'd him, like, all right, it's all good. And then when they brought him back, I was like, you know, we could you know, do better than this. 
But I'm so glad that they saw something in Carlos and well, Ethan Katz, man, like you know the high fastball stuff, you know, just you know, reinstilling, sort of rebuilding someone mentally. And we saw the videos of Ethan Katz coaching up uh, Dylan Cease, who went on the IL today, and we'll probably talk about that more tomorrow. But just getting a different voice in there, and I know Don Cooper tried his damnedest, and you know, it's sometimes it just doesn't work out. But we can't overstate the impact that Ethan Katz has had on on you know on Lucas Giolito and now apparently Carlos Rodon because he's like a, a different dude out there like a lot of it too I think is not necessarily Ethan Katz related I think a lot of it's just like you know you know effort I don't care I, I've, I've I've seen it all I've been through it all and I just I just want to have a shot in this league and I'm not ready to go you know quietly here so I think a lot of, a lot of that is part of it so that comes with maturity it comes with dealing with a lot of, of personal tragedy in his life and you know I'm so happy for uh, him and his wife you know Ashley Rodon one of the great followers on White Sox Twitter whenever Carlos was pitching you know talking and about ride or die ride or better, ride, ride yeah better not talk shit about her, her husband absolutely will come after your ass <laughs> and especially if you're a major league umpire and you and you blow a call at a Carlos Rodon start she's gonna let you hear about it but you know I you know the Ethan Katz factor just the personal going through going through hell I cannot be overstated in this and, and it could not have happened to a guy uh you know who, who's who's been through more professionally and personally than, than Carlos Rodon no it's just a testament to his drive willingness to listen to Ethan Katz as a veteran like Carlos Rodon he doesn't have to he's like you know I got this that and the other and maybe I'll go somewhere else and do something else with a different club and they'll unlock me but the willingness to listen, to understand that Ethan Katz has some major league pitchers in the league and one of your teammates has benefited from his tutelage. So it's good that Carlos has listened and worked his way back to uh, like I, I texted Lawrence. I was like, I haven't seen Carlos Rodon look like this in a while, if ever. Um, and it just looked like the fastball was popping and They're pretty straight fastballs, but people weren't seeing it. I think you might have some more deception. Uh, James Fox um, from Future Sox says that Ethan Katz used his lower body more. They put a belt on his uh, waist and told him to use more of his legs. I and mean, he's got powerhouse legs, yeah. so he should be doing that 100% much more than using all arm and elbow and shoulder problems come uh, with all that arm stuff. So they've unlocked what Carlos Rodon and the potential that he can do, hopefully, he can just continue doing this. I mean, we're not going to be seeing perfect games and no hitters into the eighth or ninth. But if we get, like I said, he's a fifth starter on this team. If Carlos Rodon gives us six innings, three earned, a perfect uh, quality start every once in a while, pretty much three to two thirds of the times he goes out there, that's all you're looking for. This is the cherry on top of the Sunday. You're, I don't think anybody expected this, not even himself. No, absolutely not. And he talked about that a little bit after the game. We'll get to that in the next segment. But real quick here, but you know, I started to get worried before the Perez hit by pitch because I th- I think he was just he was trying to th- overthrow a little bit and he was just trying to blow it by guys. And you saw these hitters, R- Roberto Perez, just missing one, and I think Chang just missed one after. But your your thoughts when you saw uh, that that pitch sail in that slider? How ironic! It's a slider. It's the put away pitch. But something you know, we've seen guys like Rodon, guys like Chris Sale, you know, make people look stupid with that slider when, when it's going right. Like, you know, sometimes a guy will actually get hit by a pitch and swing at it, you know, and they'll just look silly. But how? what was your reaction when you saw that pitch uh, sail in there and hit the uh, the back right foot of Roberto Perez to sort of negate the perfect game? 
I was like, that's exactly what that pitch is supposed to do. But <laughs> a batter, usually, you know, just natural instincts will move that back foot. That's why they call it as such. Um, yeah, he probably just overthrew that. And right when it happened, I saw the awkward bounce. And so I was like, he hit him. Perfect game's over. And I was like, fine, perfect game's over. But you still have the no-hitter on the line. I know that people want the perfect game when you have it. But I do we feel still good? I think I would feel the same way if he threw a perfect game as he did with the no-hitter. To me, it's an extremely huge feat. And to have a no-hitter in the major leagues is should be celebrated. Perfect game is rare, but there's no there's no slight there, especially when you're just uh, throwing a ball and you're not really missing your spot. That's where that pitch was pretty much supposed to go. I think that he wanted to induce that swing or at least for Roberto Polaris to move that foot. But Roberto's a nice veteran. He knows he's not trying to help Carlos Rodon get a perfect game. He's trying to get up so he can get his guy Luplo up. And maybe he breaks up the perfect game and or no hitter. Absolutely. One of the best pitches Carlos Rodon saves for Chang uh, in the bottom of the ninth inning or top of the ninth inning, excuse me, uh, with a filthy slider on inside, froze him. And then, uh, which leads us to the final batter of the night. And uh, what, were, what were you doing? Were you standing? Were you sitting? Uh, it, was a, it was a lengthy at bat to Luplo. Uh, just wh- chilling. You were just chilling? Yeah, you were you totally just sitting re- on the couch. relaxed, me, comfortable. Me and Courtney were just sitting on the couch, just chilling, yeah. So I thought it was a great moment, uh, obviously. Here's how it sounded on NBC Sports Chicago. Jason Benetti and Steve Stone. Benetti, by the way, did an amazing job all night weaving in the narratives and the backstories of Rodon for people that maybe don't watch nine innings of every game and people who may have you know sort of written off Carlos Rodon maybe some who didn't even think that he was still on the south side anymore but here's what it sounded like from Jason Benetti and Steve Stone three and two Rodon to third Moncada Carlos Rodon has thrown a no-hitter after everything he's been through The elbow and the shoulder were supreme on April 14th, 2021. The irony is, of course, that that pitch was was hit by Luplo so hard uh, that once Moncada wrangled it, it looks like it was was a brief bobble there, but once he, he was able to get a hold of it, he had so much time. To, to peg him at first base because of how hard that ball was hit. So that's, you know, one of the, 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 the blessings of, you know, throwing hard and having him uh, hit it hard there uh, in the uh, the ninth inning for the final out, a no-hitter for Carlos Rodon. What do you think, Herb? Should we uh, listen to some phone calls and uh, listen to the sights and sounds of some of the post-game uh, reaction to this no-hitter? I'm all good for that. Let's celebrate with the folks. Absolutely. We'll do it after this on Locked on White Sox. This episode of Locked on White Sox is brought to you by Locker Room. Welcome aboard, Locker Room. They're one of our new friends, new sponsors on the show. Locker Room is the live audio-only sports talk platform. It's free to download and to use. You can talk to other fans, athletes, and insiders all in real time. They're perfect if you're going to do a watch party, a debate, a post-game breakdown, or just maybe reacting to the big news of the day. I'm hoping Herb and I will get to get down with the Locker Room app during the regular season, and you guys can interact with us on there, and then maybe even we'll share some of our interactions right here on Locked On White Sox. So all you have to do is download the Locker Room app, and best of all, it's free in the iOS App Store. All you do is create a profile, link it to your Twitter account, and then join your preferred league. And don't forget, folks, we want those takes spicy on the Locker Room app, okay? Download the Locker Room app 
in the iOS App Store today. This episode of Locked on White Sox is brought to you by our friends at rockauto.com. You know, there's so many different makes and models of cars these days, it's become impossible for your traditional chain storefront to stock all those parts that your car's ever going to need. So why endure that process of going into the store and asking what you think are dumb questions, and you wait for the person behind the counter to check their inventory on their computer, and they only choose the brands that they happen to carry? Why would you do that when you have access to a vast catalog of auto parts at rockauto.com in your pocket it's right there on your phone silly you know there's a lot of reasons to maintain your automobile i know herb and i are thinking about hitting the road here we're making our road trip plans for pittsburgh in june and i know if i'm going to be driving i want to make sure my car is running in tip-top shape you know we're approaching a couple hundred thousand miles on that thing and you know i want to make sure herb and i are safe on the road to pittsburgh so whatever my car is going to need to keep me on the road longer i'm going to go to rockauto.com and get those parts. And I know by shopping at rockauto.com, those prices are going to be reliably low, not just for me, not just for you, but for everybody. You see, because those chain stores, they charge different price tiers for do-it-yourselfers and professional mechanics, but not rockauto.com. Their prices are always reliably low. They've got everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. I think I'm going to need some new air freshener before we hit the road here with our, whether it's your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks. And best of all, it's delivered right to your door so go to rockauto.com now see all the parts available for your car or truck write the promo code locked on in their how'd you hear about us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com three balls two strikes Rodon has the signal Another 3-2, ground ball to third, Moncada up with it, throw to first, it's a no-hitter! Carlos Rodon has no-hit the Cleveland Indians! The 20th no-hitter in Sox history! Today on the Locked On Today podcast... They're recapping the Carlos Rodon no-hitter. You may hear Herb and I's voice on the Locked On Today podcast. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Herbie, so let's hear what the peeps had to say tonight. Of course, uh, give out our voicemail line for the for the folks if they want to you know, send us a shout during the game if something is bothering them or if something they want to you know, be excited about during a game. How can they do that? 312 five six six eight seven two seven and chris Tannehill has come up with a way you can remember it folks who are listening for the first time we have a guy named harold baines was on the white Sox. aj Przenski also on the white Sox. another guy mark burley jorge orta who was six vincent edward jackson you know him as Bo. carlton fist 72 and then our guy who's coming back today tim anderson 312-566-8727. I'm looking forward to this game today with Lance Lynn on the bump, TA coming back, riding high off of this. It's going to be a fun one today. Hopefully the Sox can close out with three or four against Cleveland. All right, let's check in and see who was first. And I think I know when this call came in. It's Joe from Champaign. I hate Roberto Perez. Thank you. <laughs> Joe from Champaign. He's, he's getting to be my favorite. I mean, he's in a great city, short and sweet. Let's go. Yeah, he's playing He's playing uh, to the crowd here with the, being from Champaign and all. But, yeah, thank you, Joe. I don't think I hate Roberto Perez. Uh, but, yeah, we, we certainly appreciate the call. Let's check in and see who else is uh, calling the White Sox, Lockdown White Sox voicemail. Ooh, guys. 
Casey, I'm from Michigan. I was the first time I played the voicemail with you guys, but I had to after tonight. What a game for the Sox. Rockdown throwing a no-hitter after all he's done through. How awesome it was to see that. I have to work at 4.30 in the morning, but I don't care. I had to stay up and watch this. I felt something special was happening tonight. And sure enough, Rodon, I saw he looked like he had awesome stuff. And sure enough, he takes it all the way. Your main Mercedes going off again. What another fantastic night for him. The offense taking off. This is huge, everybody. All those White Sox fans got to celebrate this one. This is this is going to take us off. We're go- we're we're going places now, guys. Time to get excited. Yeah, man. You know, it's hard not to get excited, but of course, the the great misnomer of all time, like, oh, a no hitter is going to catapult the team into you know into accelerated success. Like we've seen that happen so many times before, where you know, some sometimes it helps, sometimes not so much. But you know, it's really just a, a something that's isolated uh, in a one night uh, thing here. And I hate to we be- got it. We got a yeah anniversary coming up. Uh, I think April twenty first, uh, where uh, a perfect game kind of derailed the team. Well, <laughs> it didn't derail the team. But the team played poorly after yeah, that. That team derailed itself. But yeah, so uh, you know, Casey there is going to need an extra shot of espresso or you know extra coffee in the morning. Uh, you know, hopefully he uh, can get through the day riding high off this no hitter. But uh, yeah, man, it's just it was an exciting night. It's uh, let's see who else is checking in on the Locked On White Sox voicemail. Hey, this is Christian from Hammond. Great, great no-no by Carlos Rodon. Looked amazing. Didn't even look like he had his best stuff out there, but yet got it done. It reminded me kind of a Mark Burley kind of performance. Not striking out a lot of guys, but, you know, putting the ball in play and getting it done. Yesterday I said our bats needed to come alive, and they must have heard me because that's, that is the White Sox team we were promised. That's the team I want every week. Enjoy the show, guys. Love what you guys do. Keep it up. And shout out to John. Yeah, thank you, Christian. Shout out to John Greenberg tonight. I was driving home from Home Depot uh, when Yermin hit that bomb. I was listening to Lana DJ on the call, and uh, John Greenberg was the first to retweet our clip. I'm on a mission for dime pieces and sexy ladies. Allow me to introduce you to my. John Greenberg was on it, man, and people were asking, like, give me the video. Give it to me. They need it. Like, they can't just retweet it themselves. Like, I have to have an original tweet in the moment after the home run. But yeah, man. It's like your Schwer bomb thing. (laughs) I know. haven't done this year yet. Well, has he hit one yet? He is not. He was out for COVID for a long time, but he hasn't uh, done anything as yet. Yeah, my Schwarbaum thing was a very inside joke that I think maybe only five people got, but it's all like all I care about is the like the five people, like, you know, me, you, Brendan, Barry Rossner. Chris Collins. <laughs> Collins. Yeah, it's like, you know, it may not even be five, but you know, it was a it was a gif of Kyle Schwarber with our buddy Brendan in the background. Yeah, man. So people were on it tonight with with the Yerman stuff and just just real quick here, like it was it was nice to have Yermin back in the lineup doing Yermin things, and we may have to explore how real is this Yermin thing, man? Like he he does not miss when no. when he when he gets a hold of one. Like you know, it's it's truly something to behold. And I you know, I just how can you deny the kid playing time at this point? I know it's tricky with the DH spot with Grandal, you know, and trying to get Zach Collins at bats. And Zach Collins did a really nice job tonight. You know, a quarterback in this whole thing behind the plate, you know, is, is only no hitter, first no hitter. He's going to remember it forever. So, you know, it's going to be tough, you know, navigating this thing. But I think Yermin and Andrew Vaughn both proving tonight, like, hey, you got to get us in the lineup. You got to keep us there. This is what we call good problems. Yes, sir. When Aloy comes back, we got a glut. And that's good. That's really good to have because you have to have Yermin in the lineup every time. If you want to put 
Grandal at DH, you put your mean at catcher. I don't give a damn. That man is in the lineup. Now, I know, understand the need for rest. Not when a guy has played eight of the 10 games to start the season and was doing what your mean is doing. You see what happens. A pretty good pitcher in Zach Plesek throws a ball inside. He's like, man, I got this inside. Your mean brings the hands in and murders that pitch. He is a professional hitter. He spits on a couple. And the next time he faced, I think it was Stefan, Stefan Urkel. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and he threw a slider that crossed the plate and went a little bit outside of the zone. Your mean spit on it. The man knows the strike zone. He follows the ball. You said it perfectly last night, Tanny, when you saw the pitch from Bieber, the curveball, the knuckle curve, filthy. He was just following with his eyes and his body, going down as low as the ball went and followed it all the way in. That's a professional hitter. That's a guy who's seeing the ball really well, and that's why he can do the things that he can do. Like this, the two hits he got other than the home run weren't hard, hit hard, but they hit perfectly. The one right up the middle, and then the uh, ball that he hit with uh, like a newspaper that just went right over the second baseman in front of the center fielder. The guy knows how to hit. 500, he won't hit. He won't hit 400. But uh, I don't see him not hitting 300 this year. He will hit a struggle. But you see the approach he has. He airs it all out with a huge leg kick in the first two strikes. And when he's got a two strike, he's got a, a B-hack. But that B-hacks are still strong, brother. He'll still get a knock on you. And I think Tony LaRusso will agree with you and uh, Marlo Stanfield about those good problems. Sound like one of them good problems. You know, I think he will find a way to make it work. And, you know, here's what Tony had to say about Carlos Rodon. You know, the decision to to bring him back, the work they did with him during spring training. And here's uh, Carlos's manager, Tony LaRusso, talking about the special night from number 55. Yeah, there's, uh, there's an old saying, you know, there's not a lot of justice in this game. But every once in a while, and what he did, you know, signed late with us, uh, just asked for an opportunity to compete, won the spot. You know, the other day in Seattle, he gave us a lift. And uh, I guess the club is in first place in our division. It's a no-hitter, so... You know, all the work he put in, um, I tell you, you can't give enough credit to Zach. I, I mean, I'm there trying to think along with him, and there, he was just brilliant. They were together all night long, but also Ethan. You know, Ethan did a lot of work with him to get him ready, so what a thrill for him. Team played defense, they scored runs. I mean, it was just uh, it's a great night. But Carlos in particular, I mean, he just, he was very determined. You know, he never really got tight. I mean, everything had the same life, made the same pitches. I, I, he just, he's a fin, proved to me that he's a finisher. That's a good, that's a really good thing for his his future and, and, and ours. Absolutely. And Carlos Rodon tonight, you want to know how, how good the stuff was? Better than I thought. 19 swing and misses tonight, uh, more than the whole uh, entire Cleveland pitching staff combined. Carlos Rodon with the highest uh, mile per hour on, on his fastball tonight. Uh, for anyone in the ball game tonight, he had the top five pitch velocity uh, registering on uh, Baseball Savant, 98-8, 97-9, 97-5, 97-3, 97-2. Just a remarkable night for Carlos Rodon, and it all you know culminates in this moment for him. And we talked about everything at the beginning of the show, what got him to this point. And I, I love these on-the-field moments, the interviews that they have, uh, Benetti and Stone, with these guys that are in the moments. They I think they, they're still kind of out-of-body 
when they get a hold of these guys and put a camera and a microphone in front of their face right after the final outs recorded. But here's what Carlos Rodon sounded like after the game on the field with Jason Benetti and Steve Stone. What's up, man? Carlos. <laughs> Dude, congratulations. What just happened? Was it a difficult decision for you to come back? Not, not really. Uh, it was pretty easy. And knowing I was going to win and be on a winning team after being on those teams that, you know, scuffled a little bit in the beginning. Um, I just wanted to be, you know, here for the end of the rebuild, the winning part. <clears throat> Carlos, was there any time in the rehabs, and you've had a number of them, yeah. where you said to yourself, you know what, maybe I'm just not meant to be this guy? Uh, there were days. Um, <laughs> with TJ, there's there's quite a few days, so there's plenty of days to think about it. Um, but, like I said, I guess it, it's all working out now. Hey, uh... If you did this four years ago, I wouldn't have been able to say this. Your daughter watched you throw a no-hitter. Yeah, that's pretty unbelievable, man. <laughs> My glove says Willow, too, by the way. So that's a that's a special glove. It Does was it really? before. Now it's, now it's even more special. Carlos, congratulations. Thank you, guys. Carlos Rodon getting it done, the 20th no-hitter in White Sox history, using the fastball, change-up, slider, and curveball, throwing the kitchen sink at the Cleveland Indians last night at Guaranteed Rate Field. Uh, any last thoughts here before we uh, preview tomorrow's show? Just want to thank Carlos for doing what he did. And also, we don't give credit, and I know a couple people have. Zach Collins, I've questioned his catching ability, not because he's you know bad or anything, just because they don't put him in the opportunities to do the things that he has done. And when he is out there, he's been looking solid. And to catch a no-hitter, it's not just the pitcher. It's Zach Collins putting down the fingers. It's agreeing with the pitcher, getting in a rhythm. And so Zach did a good job of blocking those balls in the dirt that were sliders, filthy, calling the fastball when needed. So tip of the gap to you, too, because not only pitcher throws that no-hitter, it's the catcher, too. Absolutely. We'll take a quick time out and tell you what's coming up tomorrow here on Locked on White Sox. Locked on White Sox is brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football's over. Baseball's just getting going here. You've still got the NBA going. Lots of good opportunities to make some money in the NHL as well every single night at Bet Online. As a matter of fact, Herbie, Bet Online even covers award shows, TV shows, reality TV, and other types of entertainment. Yeah, I'm looking right now at the hot dog eating contest. BetOnline.ag has an entertainment section for the competitive eating. Right now, they have a bet up for Joey Chestnut eating over or under 74 and a half <laughs> hot dogs in the hot dog eating contest. Whew, friends. Um, I, I love that. Should we do some more research on that one before? We... I mean, I mean, I know his records like in the 70s, yeah. but he's getting older. Like, I think he he got his 75 is the last year's um, hot dog eating championship. So he's got that record already. I don't know if there's impetus. He keeps on breaking his own record. I don't know if there's impetus for him to keep on doing it because here's no one close to him. So he's battling against himself. To eat 75 hot dogs in one sitting is ridiculous. So I'm going under on that one. I'm going under for Joey Chestnut, 74 and a half hot dogs in the hot dog eating contest. Ooh, boy. Yeah, I'll have to do some more research here before I make my decision and plunk my money down at betonline.ag. But they've got everything. You can bet on uh, who's going to win the 2024 election already. You can place a futures bet on that. If you're into the markets, you can bet on how well or how 
rapport the market's going to do on a daily basis. There's a lot of interesting things and lots of different ways to make money at betonline.ag. The odds are updated in real time, and there's props on almost anything you can imagine, as I just said. It's got you covered for the news, scores, and odds, and BetOnline is the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up, best of all. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today, and you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus for your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts, and do not forget our promo code locked on when you sign up and get your 50% bonus at Bet Online. Listo el zurdo. Lanzamiento. Por el tercera base. La tiene Moncada. El tiro a primera. Se acabó el juego. Juego sin hit ni carreras para Carlos Rodón. En nueve maravillosas entradas le rompieron el juego perfecto con el pelotazo. Y los media blancas están de fiesta en el centro del diamante. Qué espectacular trabajo del zurdo Carlos Rodón. Juegos sin hit ni carreras. Be a waiver wire winner with the Locked On Fantasy Baseball Podcast. It's a daily fantasy baseball podcast hosted by veteran fantasy analyst Scott Cullen, who uses data and nearly two decades of fantasy baseball experience to offer the strategies and waiver wire pickups that lead to league wins. Follow Locked On Fantasy Baseball on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can find us on the Odyssey app as well. Uh, they're, you know, intermingling our content. So you can, you know, do all your, your audio consumption there. If you're a 670 The Score fan, download the Aussie app. If you're a Locked On White Sox fan, you can get us on there as well. But make sure you tell a friend to tell a friend to subscribe and hit up our YouTube channel as well. And uh, just leave us a five-star rating, won't you? That uh, really helps us out in terms of the rankings. And hopefully uh, we'll get a lot of new ears uh, and maybe even eyes on uh, this episode of the podcast here. So uh, White Sox finishing up the four-game set with Cleveland. As we mentioned, Lance Lynn on the bump. TA's back, man. All of a sudden, as bad as it felt yesterday after the extra inning debacle, you know, following the the gem tossed by Giolito, things starting to look on the up and up. And I, I have total faith in Lance Lynn going into today's ball game. It's a, it's a day game here today, so we'll break it down afterwards, and we'll probably post it Friday morning, and we'll see where we go from there. But uh, things looking good, I would say, for the White Sox with uh, Lynn on the bump and TA returning to the lineup. Yeah, it's very, very positive. We remember last year when T.A. returned to a slumping White Sox, and even though they broke out of it today, I think the T.A. coming back today will be a nice continuation from uh, the Carlos Rodon no-hitter where we're going to be hitting a lot. Maybe not eight runs, but T.A. setting up that offense, and now I don't mind if Adam Eaton's hitting second. T.A., Adam Eaton, then we set up with Abreu, uh, Grandal, whoever after that, and then, of course, your main Mercedes. Um, and I think that offense starts to round out, and it, you don't see Nick Williams ever again. <laughs> you don't see Jake Lamb ever again. He's, he gets kicked into the to the black hole like in the movie 300. <laughs> yeah. You have a great seat, just like Terry Crowley. <laughs> Watch a ball game for nine innings and maybe come up and I, pop one over the fence. Yeah, you know, people are going to send a limousine uh, to pick up Nick Williams uh, in the future. Whatever rest, he's... rest in peace, Tom. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. So, yeah, man, we'll be here to break it down. And uh, that's, that's all I got tonight, Herbie. An exciting night. It's 11.20 p.m. here on a Thursday night, and I don't think I'm going to sleep anytime soon, man. I got to go to sleep. I got the uh, shot. So when you're listening to this, I'm having my second shot. So you can't. You don't have to be scared of me, folks, anymore. Tanny is fully fully vaccinated. Well, I'm, I'm, one, I'm one week removed from Johnson & Johnson, so I got one more week until I'm officially like good to go, supposedly. No blood clot, man. So, no, uh, <laughs> chickity-bop-bop. 
I get my Moderna tomorrow in uh, Northwest uh, Chicago. So the Moderna. Yeah, I'll be fine. I'll be good. I'll be healthy. No, sorry, not healthy. I just won't have COVID. Uh, but thank you guys for listening to this episode. That is Chris Tannehill at Chris Tannehill on Twitter. Me, I'm an uh, sorry. Three, two, one. Me. Oh, my you're, name is, you're almost perfect tonight, Herb. I, I, hit, I hit myself in the toe. <laughs> Stefan Mateau. Three, two, one. My name is Herb Lawrence. I messed up my own name. That was the fucked up part. That's really messed up. People are listening to this or watching this. Like, what the? How I don't know. I, own name? I may leave it in because, like, you know, like I said, I love things that are not perfect. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I'm fine with it, too. I'm not too uh, vain about that stuff. I'm Herb Lawrence still not pissed as a couple weeks ago. My name is Herb Lawrence. Ecknerwall23 on Twitter. You can follow us, the show Locked on Socks on Twitter, Instagram. And YouTube. And if you're new to us, how about you go and subscribe? One of you guys could win a Locked on Socks prize pack, which includes a nice Locked on Socks t-shirt and a mug. Hey, you know what? Tell your friends. Tell your sons and your daughters. You know what? I I have, I think, three Carlos Rodon bobbleheads, uh, two extra, I believe. And I think maybe I'll give one of them away because, you know, you never give up on people and you never give up on bobbleheads. So I think, you know, we'll figure out a way to give it away, give it away, give it away now. But uh, I have an extra Carlos Rodon bobblehead that I think we'll include in the next prize pack. But uh, we'll we'll see. We'll we'll see how we're going to do that. But uh, we got a hard Carlos bobblehead. If you guys want my... uh... My uh, Jose Abreu bobblehead without a bat. The bat broke on our uh, move, so I'm pointing to it right now. But I uh, usually have it here with me during the shows. He keeps me warm. <laughs> yeah. El Mal Tiempo. Yeah, he's a, he's right a good here. he's a good teammate uh, in all aspects. So uh, that uh, thanks for checking out the show, everyone. And uh, we'll be back uh, Friday morning, hopefully. If uh, as long as you're feeling good after your shots, I know our our man Sully, Paul Francis Sullivan. We call him Sully on the uh, Locked On MLB. He had his second shot and he was he wasn't feeling great i saw him on twitter talking about that but hopefully he's i already back. took off on for friday yeah but from this show too or just work no just work just <laughs> okay, work good. i'll probably be good later on tonight hopefully. all right get get your rest young man and i will see you uh tomorrow night yes exactly jack buck <laughs> all right peace